0: out the vodka because a czar is born (laughs) i'm maddie hunt and this is think outside the box set the internet's only outrage machine
1: i'm cameron dewitt here with the hot takes
0: here with the hot hot takes
1: uh yeah we've gotten a lot of mileage out of you incorrectly (laughs) (laughs) replacing the T and the S when you were searching for this film.
0: I might be a little (laughs) dyslexic, or at least my hands are not super coordinated. And when I was trying to find this film, I um, switched the T and the S in star and ended up searching for a czar is born, (laughs) Um, which is the less common spelling of the word czar, I think, these days. But still, stands.
1: So A Star is Born came out in... 2018. Mm-hmm. Five years ago now. Five years ago. And uh, the most recent, like, since then, it's been, I believe, Chromatica and then uh, Left for Sale. Mm-hmm. And we're doing this out of order because. Uh,
0: Movies are hard.
1: It's hard, yeah. I mean, we've been saying, oh, we'll watch this movie, that movie. But I don't think we've actually watched a movie for the show since 2018 <laughs> uh, when we watched Mamma Mia. Maybe we mm-hmm. watched Big Money Wrestlers after that. I can't remember for sure, but it's been a minute.
0: It's been a long time, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's fun to watch a movie again for uh, the show. Uh,
0: well, it was.
1: This theoretically is theoretically
0: fun to do that.
1: <laughs> this movie, is not as good as Big Money Hustles. <laughs> <laughs> I did not enjoy it as much. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Preach, Cameron, yeah.
0: or Mamma Mia? Of course. Which goes oh, on.
1: oh, yeah. Mamma Mia is definitely the favorite. My favorite yeah. film that we've watched. Sorry, I just
0: show. whacked the mic. By the way, I'm just <sighs> imagining that.
1: God damn it.
0: So that's going to that's gonna sound really good for the listeners at home. Um, I love
1: expressive. that song. Whack the mic? What? It sounded like Mac the Knife oh. <laughs> in my brain. I guess it's not obvious.
0: <laughs> we call him Whack the Knife or the Mic. <laughs> Shit.
1: <laughs> so we watched the film and we watched it with Becca. And the idea was for Becca to join us on the episode two, but... Timing is hard. Timing is hard. So uh we'll have a little a little call in uh from them in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh yeah, we all watched it together and we were all a bit confused (laughs) (laughs) about why this movie is so well liked.
0: Yeah, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh more and more I feel like a a hermit from the rest of the culture. Just like, I don't understand the ways of the civilized world. Yes. What are the sits
0: heads doing out here? Like, I mean, even actually, I mean, even a bunch of gays love this movie. Like, what the fuck, gays? Come on. I, I had, I expected better from you.
1: Uh, gay men. I don't know. Because it's just because Gaga's in it? I guess.
0: I guess that's literally all it is. Which, I mean, I guess I find gay men baffling in so many ways.
1: Yeah. Well, Okay. So something you kept saying mm-hmm. during this movie is this movie is clearly written by a man. Mm. And
0: it's one of the most written by a dude movies <laughs> I've seen in a long time
1: i i I think you may very well be correct. Um, I don't fully disagree, but I also think that a lot of the things in this movie um, are examples of patriarchal, feminist desire um I, f-
0: feminine desire I think I don't think I it's meant, feminist that's what I meant to say yes. not feminist those a different. different
1: um words yeah no true feminist <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so I for what's in the box weekly our weekly mini show for supporters Patreon. patreon.com so box set or something not to brag. it's in the show notes but um I mentioned uh, I started uh and didn't finish uh, a court of thorns and roses, uh, mm. this like fantasy smut novel, mm-hmm. and uh, because I wanted to read some smut. and I was interested like what is the you know, what's the fantasy smut being written for? you were women interested right, what,
0: what in the smut?
1: Yeah, what what in smut? <laughs> and yeah, it's a book, I think, written for women by a woman. Uh, four straight women by a straight woman, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Um, in a way that's similar to Twilight, mm-hmm. and it was really eye opening in a way that I did not want my eyes to be open. Because <laughs> uh, basically, the, that story is about this uh, this woman who basically gets like kidnapped by a benevolent monster. Oof, and She is, is able to have all of her wildest dreams without having to pursue her wildest dreams Mm -hmm. and without having to be held accountable for her pursuit of those wildest dreams or take responsibility because this monster is doing it for her instead, Uh essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she's just, it's, it's this fantasy of having your agency taken away by the ultimate provider who in a very jordan peterson-esque way is you know a total monster in his masculinity but is able to put it aside when it matters Mm. um and will like direct the monstrous the monstrous aspects of his masculinity outwards towards everyone else but not for you because you're uh you know special Oh, shit, Um, that does sound kind of sexy. (laughs) See? (laughs) this is this this internalized misogyny. Shit. Yeah. So, yeah, you were saying, like, this is very written by a man. And me watching it, I was like, maybe.
0: Well, one of the reasons I say that is because famous women writers are involved in previous... Well, we should say that this is, like, the fourth A-star is born a yeah, fourth yeah. star is what, four star fourborn. <laughs> um uh tokyo drift etc etc um the very first one i think dorothy parker is the first credited writer on the screen mm-hmm. screenplay uh the one that came out in the 70s with chris christopherson and um barbara Sand, joan Didion, yeah who, like was a writer on the screenplay this one no women involved in the screenplay
1: Really? Okay. At least according so to Wikipedia. It truly products. is written by Yeah, it's men.
0: very much written by yeah. and, Okay. which is just fascinating to be like... The, That's a
1: long ways to fall.
0: It's a long ways to fall, yeah, yeah. and,
1: um, Dorothy Parker and Jen did, we yeah. like
0: to think of our culture and our society as like having a linear sort of sense of progress, yeah. but it's really not linear, and it's yeah. oftentimes not progress, and, you know, yeah, this... This might be the only version of A Star Is Born that um, doesn't involve any women in the writing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, I think I think the ideas and the fantasies in this. The reason I brought up that book is because that's basically the plot of this movie. Right. Basically, Lady Gaga is like uh, works in the kitchen uh, where she gets no respect, mm-hmm. and uh, a real
0: Rodney Dangerfield type. Yeah.
1: Is um, the token cis girl at a, uh, you know, at a drag bar and she gets to perform.
0: Yes, she steals drag valor.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, she basically gets kidnapped into stardom <laughs> by really by Bradley Cooper's character, who is this spiraling uh, alcoholic drug Abuser, uh, rock star,
0: yeah,
1: who goes to her bar because he's looking for any bar, yes, and then sees her perform and then decides, I'm going to make you my like
0: protege, protége,
1: trophy wife, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. special person. Um, and I think there are some moments of like, I think he genuinely does experience some admiration and care for her, but. Mm-hmm. He's also very. He's very. He's trying to be daddy. Like he's, a, he's yeah. a lot older than her. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the
0: movie, he seems a lot older than her. I think in real life he is like, eleven years older than Lady Gaga, which is a significant age difference. Yeah, but not like.
1: I will massive, say they they did a great job at at making him look like a fucking problem. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like I he mean, looks he, so he fucking
0: like Nick Nolte. Yeah, Like,
1: he. I think his performance is is kind of amazing, considering how shitty the like writing and the ideas in the story are. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: he does a good job bringing this character to life, and he doesn't have that kind of like roguish Bradley Cooper charm. Yeah, in the same way, yeah, he has the kind of like monstrous, like talking gruff like yeah. Sam Elliott. <laughs> at, at one point, actually, there's this there's this moment there's two points in the movie where Sam Elliott, who plays his brother, his older brother, who, like, sort of quasi-raised him, who talks about him stealing his voice. Talks about Bradley Cooper's character stealing Sam Elliott's character's voice. The younger brother stealing the voice of the older brother. And I just kept thinking, like, I think he's just talking very literally. Like, I think Bradley Cooper's (laughs) character just, like, started talking like Sam Elliott. (laughs) I... I think it's supposed to be more about like stealing his music or his approach to making music or songwriting or something, but it works so literally. It's just like, you've been doing a vocal impression of me for your speaking voice forever.
1: It's a good impression. Yeah. Like, I think it's a good performance.
0: And it's like, it's so different from his singing voice too, which is interesting.
1: Right. So yeah, like I, I definitely like this character definitely is doing a lot of like egoizing in his like i'm going to make this person famous mm-hmm. uh yeah and uh well i feel like I, i'm concerned about like stepping on a bunch of points that becca made mm-hmm. let's just have becca chime in real quick here we go
2: yeah, bring it on all right folks it is august 14th 2023 and we are st- talking about the movie a star is born it's true. um starring bradley cooper mean. and lady gaga mm-hmm. I have some alternate potential titles for this movie. Um, okay. The first one is comes with a trigger warning, which is a star is stillborn. Uh, a star is born, but there's a man over there. What's he doing? And a <laughs> yes. star is born, but you know what? Birth is a messy process, and it's really better if you just wait for the baby photos. We promise. <laughs> to be fair, labor is really hard, and I'm not sure I have the coochie strength to sit through someone else's labor, so I guess in that way, this movie was a pretty accurate representation of birth. <laughs> To drop the metaphor, the movie is such a mess. Lady Gaga's Alley is an infant the whole movie in the grossest, most patriarchal way. She doubts that she is beautiful and cites this as a reason she can't be an artist. She repeatedly does not believe her music has value, even when she has made her own independent career successfully. She has moments of lucidity where she kicks Bradley Cooper's Jackson Maine out of the house after he calls her ugly. Or where she, you see her bodily react to Bradley Cooper telling her that she has lost her real self since getting her own career in pop music. But this brief moment of lucidity is quickly brushed aside because Bradley Cooper starts crying and, you know, if he has emotional needs, she has to rush to immediately center those. And it's never brought up or addressed again. Um, She does later cancel her international career tour to take care of him and lies to him about it. So, you know, we'd hate for him to have to do any emotional labor to deal with the consequences of his actions. (laughs) I will give Lady Gaga credit for a decent performance of this horse shit. She felt like a real person (laughs) to me and not like a performance artist trying to trade careers, which is rare. I didn't like the real person Uh that she felt like, but I did believe that they could hypothetically exist. Bradley Cooper's Jackson Maine is abusive and problematic from jump um, when he performs Ali's song without her permission on stage and pressures her to join him. So this it occurs at a music venue far from her home where she has arrived on his private jet because he ordered his chauffeur to follow her around between her home and work until she agreed to come to the show. When she arrives, staff take her purse, presumably with her ID in it, and lead her to the stage. Yeah. Nothing about this feels good. The power dynamics are terrifying and the film doesn't ever really address it. The film's most egregious error, in my mind, is its mistreatment of serious and complex human conditions, cramming them into Cooper's storyline, presumably to manipulate the audience into caring for a character that has no redeeming qualities. Well, he does every once in a while say nice things to Allie, and he allows her to have a career, even though he throws a shit fit about it the whole time, so I guess that's award-winning behavior for a human being, I guess. I've long chafed at the way the movie industry utilizes rape as a shortcut to emotional depth in films. Rape is not a plot point in a character's backstory. It's a real complex issue. If you're going to talk about it in a movie, I think you should have a real reason to talk about it and not just use it to create emotional resonance. I've decided to call this film A Painful Delivery of Hot Air, Um, and this movie has a similar problem but with so many issues that it's difficult to name them all. Jackson Maine eventually commits suicide despite very little discussion or addressing of mental health Sorry, throughout the film. Alert. Yeah. A close second in his list of pressing, pressing issues is his severe alcoholism, which bleeds rapidly into his traumatic relationship with his alcoholic and neglectful father. Somewhere underneath all the noise is a lifelong hearing problem and some implied tinnitus that is only actively mentioned once. Incredibly, I think the movie wants us to believe this, the tinnitus and the hearing problem, is the core of his pain as he repeatedly refuses to wear earplugs during his rock shows because... He's a child. I watched A Literal (laughs) Infant at a Mountain Goats concert last week wear giant earplugs with less of a temper tantrum than Bradley Cooper in this film. Anyway, it's not that those problems aren't real. It's that the script and Bradley Cooper render them in a flaccid, two-dimensional manner that is an insult to the real and complex realities each of these issues represents. Also, why so many issues? It's like biting into a burger that has pineapple and peanut butter and poblanos and blue cheese. That's several different burgers. Just pick one and hold steady. Show a little (laughs) follow-through. (laughs) But the real villain in this botched delivery is undoubtedly Hollywood, which gazed upon the wreckage and thought... Somebody deserves an award for this. It received a total of 24 nominations between the Academy Awards, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, the Screen Actors Guild, and the Golden Globes. It won three, a Golden Globe and an Academy Award for the song Shallow, better known as Shahahahahahalo, as it is repeatedly performed throughout the film, and a British Academy of Film and Television Arts Award for Original Music. I saw multiple reviewers rave about the scene where the song Shallow is first performance, performed a scene where, again, Bradley Cooper's character steals Lady Gaga's song without her permission and then pressures her to perform it with him on the spot in front of an audience of thousands. I was moved at this scene, but not in the way the film intended. It made me angry. Perhaps the rationale here is that women won't be successful unless men literally force them against their will to try things. This would be easier to swallow if Lady Gaga wasn't a performing artist who had already made a career out of proving that she will not do things according to how other people think they should be done perhaps the real title of this movie should be a star is a real thing that exists, but instead we're talking about these assholes we invented. I give this movie one star. I will allow that one star has been born, but it does not deserve any more than that.
1: That's uh, a fucking brutal. Becca DeWitt, tearing Taron, this movie, a new one.
0: Oh my God. Uh, a new more, one is born
1: <laughs> for, for, for more Becca DeWitt takes uh go listen to our Taylor Swift season where she is uh, simultaneously a big Taylor Swift fan and then calls her songs like asinine <laughs> and like yeah.
0: Becca's a tough critic. I love it. Yeah. Are
1: you are
0: you gonna um play the uh other the follow up?
1: There's a follow up?
0: Yeah in the messages Dad, there was a um there was a second a second one that they sent.
1: Alright, here it is.
2: Okay, me again. One more thing I have to say about A Star is Born. It just occurred to me that there's a couple of different pivotal scenes in the movie, three that I can think of. Two of them happen between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, and one happens with Sam Elliott, who plays Bradley Cooper's brother, where Bradley Cooper confronts them and basically says, the point of being an artist is that you need to have something to say. And he says to Lady Gaga, like, you've got something to say. Like, a lot of people can sing, but you've got something to say. And he later says to Sam Elliott, who plays his older brother, like, I stole your music because you had this sort of platform, but you didn't have anything to say. Which is, like, deeply ironic because Bradley Cooper directed this movie, and this movie doesn't have anything any to say. <laughs> um, I mean, it says a lot, but everything that it says isn't meaningful. And the things that it's saying aren't cohesive. I don't know what Bradley Cooper thinks I should be taking away from the film. I think maybe he thinks that it's a love story about two deeply flawed people, but it's ultimately like a beautiful love story. But I don't think that. um, Maybe he thinks that artists are deeply troubled people. I'm not very invested in that as a commitment. It's an idea that I want to commit to. yeah, I'm not really sure what he thinks this movie is about. Maddie pointed out last night that it's really ironic that the title of the movie is A Star is Born, which would make you think it was a story about Lady Gaga when it's like pretty clearly a story about Bradley Cooper. I don't know. It's a mess. A mess is born. So, you know, there you go. Bradley Cooper, my advice to you is don't make a movie unless you've got something to say.
1: Damn. <gasps> Oof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, something that you brought up while we were watching, uh, this is a plot point in the movie, but basically Lady Gaga's character starts making pop music at one point and Mm -hmm. Bradley Cooper is just like, uh, we'll play a sound sample of it later, but it's just like very offended by her pop music and thinks Mm -hmm. that she's sold out. Um, And, you know, I think to some extent he's right because her song is kind of silly and pointless and like yeah. you know and she's like,
0: kind of getting like manipulated by this skeezy like British producer guy
1: yeah as I mean that's how the story is like kind of setting it up you know mm-hmm. but you know she's making some cotton candy music yeah but his music for the most part except for the one Jason Isbell song in this movie mm-hmm. which is I think really good mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. other than that his music is just as cotton candy. Yeah. And just as self-indulgent and pandering. But
0: has like a veneer of Ritz Rock, like genericana, quote unquote authenticity. Yeah. On top of that.
1: This is something that really, really bothers me in general. I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about it as like an old time musician. Mm-hmm. I think people have these uh, people have these ideas about like aesthetic. And authenticity, Mm -hmm. that if something is of a certain aesthetic, then it must be authentic. Mm -hmm. And in reality, authenticity is really hard to quantify Mm -hmm. uh, and can look all sorts of different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my um, favorite old time artists is Jake Lowe, who for years has been creating MIDI arrangements of old time, uh, fiddle tunes. Mm -hmm. And they're so fucking stupid. And they're very like (laughs) Tim and Eric.
2: Uh
1: Awesome show. Great job. Um, but it is clear to me only someone who is dedicated their life to, to these tunes could interpret these tunes in such an irreverent way. Mm -hmm. That's so clever. Uh, and to me, it's like, this is one of the most authentic expressions of like old time music that Mm -hmm. I've ever heard because Mm -hmm. he is when he's, when he's actually playing fiddle, he's total like trad, you know, like I'm going to like recreate the bow strokes, you know, I'm Mm going to do it just right. But, but he also, you can't make jokes about things that, that are funny without Truly understanding the thing that you were talking about, right? You know, but mm-hmm. it's like fucking MIDI files and it's jokes. So like, I think most people would hear that and be like, "Not authentic." Mm-hmm. And then they would hear, you know, uh, like the Dead South or something. Oh, um, oh God! And they'd be like, in, you oh know, God.
0: or like Mumford and Sons.
1: There, yeah, and there, yeah, and they'd be like, "This is so authentic. This is so traditional. This means something. This is important." Yeah, and I feel like that is like what Bradley Cooper's character is saying in the movie and and i kind of think that's what the movie thinks too
0: it's totally what the movie thinks yeah. of course it is yeah <laughs> that's absolutely what the movie thinks um, which
1: which is really fucked up because th- these songs except for that one are uh fluff. asinine <laughs> They're fluff. Yeah, yeah there's
0: like nothing to them there's no substance and it's in that context in all of that context it is so weird to bring on Lady Gaga as the co-star of this movie, as well as a supporting actress. Let's let's be real. It's really not her yeah. story. It's really more about Bradley Cooper, and in that sense, feels like potentially like a little bit self-aggrandizing or narcissistic of just like Bradley Cooper being like, "I want to portray like this troubled artist," and then the movie becomes about that He's character.
1: Like, I want to portray this troubled sniper. No, I want to play this. <laughs> portray this troubled. <laughs> uh good rock and roller
0: yes exactly i mean i
1: want to play this troubled raccoon
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes um also i I just
1: heard about bipolar disorder have you heard about this
0: (laughs) (laughs) the imdb trivia for this movie does say that um bradley cooper like his character dealt with both alcohol and drug addiction he has spoken publicly about how sobriety saved both his life and career so whatever that adds to it but anyway i forgot what i was saying Except that like Lady
1: Gaga oh, Lady, pop music yes yeah. pop mu-
0: like in that context of like hating pop music and think it is like so stupid and so artificial and like can never come from a I mean to use the, the word authentic place Um it's so weird to have Lady Gaga in this movie and I want to be like totally clear she does a fantastic job she's so good in this movie she's by far the best thing about the movie
1: yeah her musicianship is like at one of the highest levels you know of her career mm-hmm. her singing is incredible her performances her acting mm-hmm. i think is really good she's
0: really good she's yeah. an incredible actor um she also apparently convinced bradley cooper that they should sing live in the movie it it is not lip synced they're singing those live it those sounds gigs. live yeah
1: uh because i don't know how they would have been able to make those performances happen otherwise
0: yeah and apparently that inspired Bradley Cooper to get more vocal training to, like, be up yeah. to that level of being able to to do it live. Anyway, so, like, it's weird to have a movie that hates pop music and cast Lady Gaga. Yep. <laughs> it's just, I don't understand, like, why yeah. you do that.
1: Yeah, and then says, fuck you for making pop music.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Absolutely. What a strange movie. Um,
0: it makes so many weird choices. Lady Gaga's dad in the movie is played by... Um, <laughs> Andrew
1: Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay. Like, <laughs> he's talking about how he's fuck? better than Sinatra. Yeah. Oh
0: Which God. is like, that's like a funny recurring bit, but like, Andrew Dice Clay, what the fuck? Like, and, and, of course, um, we get Dave Chappelle to show up and be... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He literally takes them to like... They pretty much say in dialogue, hey, let's go to that magical Negro church that you <laughs> go to <laughs> for when we get married. They talk about how magical it is.
1: Oh, no. They
0: literally use that word. Like, come on, you can't you can't be doing that. Um, yeah, and n- I mean, not to mention, like, Dave Chappelle's just, like, vile, just reprehensible transphobia and, like, bullshit and stuff. Um, bad, bad person. And he shows up in this movie to be a prop for the white people and to um, usher them into the the Magical Negro Church.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Well, this is not a movie review podcast.
0: It's not.
1: This is the thing. This is a podcast about music and specifically...
0: Albums.
1: The studio album.
0: Albums of the artists.
1: And uh, what we listened to today is the full <clears> soundtrack throat> album throat> that includes
0: 34 tracks,
1: 34 tracks. It's an hour and 10 minutes. and includes little snippets of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how much we actually make it through. But the question I'm interested in answering in the show is what is this music like divorced from the mm-hmm. film? Is there any substance here? Is there good mm-hmm. shit here? So that's yeah. what I want. Let's do
0: some divorcing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> birds do it. Bees do it. Even
0: educated, please
1: do it. So uh, here's the first, uh, the first track. This is the very first scene of uh, of the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's noodling.
0: I love it when guitar players do noodling.
1: Oh yeah. let do it. Just, he's like, he's like raw dog and pills. And then he starts doing this. <laughs> he
0: loves a nice one note solo. <laughs> Apparently also according to the IMDb trivia uh, for this movie, um, the son of Willie Nelson met with Bradley Cooper every night for a year in Bradley Cooper's basement to teach him how to play guitar oh, uh, for this movie. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Willie Nelson's son?
0: Lucas was, uh hey. Nelson.
1: Oh, yeah. that's Lucas Nelson because he's the writer, right, on a lot of these songs.
0: Um, I guess so. He his um, his the backing band for Bradley Cooper in the movie is Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real for the performances.
1: Yeah, look at that, Lucas yeah. Nelson. I had no idea it was there was relation there.
0: Okay, yeah. Huh? Hmm. Uh, I, they do they do refer to Willie Nelson sort of obliquely in the movie oh, yeah. dialogue. Like Sam Elliott's character goes out on tour with. He just says. He just calls him Willie. Like, I've been out on tour with Willie. It
1: it is always weird when, like, famos are in a movie that, like, references famous things. Like, Mm -hmm. SNL is in the show and Willie Nelson is in the show. Yeah. But apparently Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper don't exist in this alternate reality. Yes, exactly. It's
0: weird. Also, (laughs) speaking of fame, the fame of Bradley Cooper's character Jackson Maine does not make any sense. Like, he is he is playing, like, Jack White-type stuff. He is playing, like, Roots Rock. Some of it is, like, very, like, Dad Rock-type stuff. And he is a Gen Xer. And yeah. it does not make sense for him to be selling out, like, the forum in L.A. Just, like, tens, dozens of thousands of people coming out to see him. Like, maybe if he were a boomer. Maybe I could see that, like... Like Leonard Skinner crowds or like um I guess even like Willie Nelson's like a good touchstone for that. Um that kind of stuff. But for his generation, his age, it does not make sense for him in this movie to be this famous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I wish yeah, in this movie there was something about like his fame sort of like. He's waning like a stadium rock,
0: like roots rocker. Yeah. Um, th- yeah. there, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that seems like it's transplanted directly from the um, the movie from the 70s like uh-huh. that would make sense in the 70s <laughs> you know you have like the band or sure um, sure a bunch of other examples but like yeah so a lot of it just like doesn't make sense in this in this world anymore
1: yeah well let's hear uh, a little bit of Bradley Cooper's uh, first real song in, mm-hmm. in the movie and i
0: There's another one note solo.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think this song sounds good, and I think the way it's mixed in this like live performance way mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. I even enjoy aspects of the one note solos because mm-hmm. like the tone of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these like guitar guys like they want the tone, right? That doesn't. The actual content of their musical musicality is like secondary uh Uh, and i i I understand i I, like i get that as like a Mm -hmm. a thing to prioritize so i think there's a lot of things about the song that like yeah it's like yeah that sounds good sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but i think this is a pretty dumb song (laughs) let
0: me just read it starts with a chorus black eyes open wide it's time to testify there's no room for lies, and everyone's waiting for you.
1: These are Red Hot Chili Pepper lyrics. It really, but not, but not as stupid. So not as fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're or not as silly. They're just as stupid. Mm-hmm. And i have gone, sitting by the phone, and I'm all alone by the wayside.
0: Hmm. Uh, I
1: don't know.
0: There's a lot of attention paid to being by the wayside in this song, and that, those are basically all the um, unique yeah. lines in this whole song. I guess there's a bridge too far gone. And I'm by the phone and I'm all alone and I'm awful lonely by the wayside.
1: This is, yeah, this is like a 50s song about like, like a, like a high school girl just like waiting to be called by her like crush. Yeah. This is like,
0: (laughs) this is like an old school, like white people steal this from a black blues artist
1: type Uh song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Uh,
0: the lyrics would like, be a lot better in that genre
1: <laughs> well um we're not going to listen to every track because there's 34 of them but we can hear just like a little bit of uh uh i gotta hear some of the dialogue ones just, yeah, yeah, yeah um okay so here is they're they're at the bar and lady gaga is about to come on stage <coughs> Hey, is this a drag bar?
0: Yeah, Papo, yeah, yeah, but, but look, we do this every Friday nights. Yo, it's crazy. It's so lit though. And she used to work here as a server. But tonight, the only thing she's serving are some fabulous French live vocals.
1: Start singing Rose
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and this is the scene where Bradley Cooper like becomes infatuated and mm-hmm. s- decides to pluck her out of her normy meaningless life mm-hmm. doing music for fun
0: with with a bunch Doing of a service gays. Job. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Get rid of these gays. It's time to be famous with normal people. As,
1: as confusing as that as this movie is, you know, and I do like that was the most entertaining part of the movie. Is just hanging out with some drag queens being charismatic, mm-hmm. even though I felt like they're kind of being appropriated. Very tokenized. They were <laughs> yeah. being very tokenized. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In in a way that feels kind of like on brand on brand gaga mm-hmm. uh well what uh, <laughs> what else should we talk about here uh we yeah Lovey and rose we don't need to hear more of that mm-hmm. um maybe
0: uh, it's time what is that song we definitely need to listen yeah. to parking lot dialogue
1: Let, let's do maybe it's time this is the jason isbell oh,
0: song. oh okay yes
1: so jason isbell is like an alt country songwriter and he's a great songwriter him mm-hmm. and like Ty, uh, Tyler Childers, like, are like some like cool people making country music, mm-hmm. singing. They actually they have something to say. Mm. That's um, a big issue in this movie. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and the movie has nothing to say, which is just like so yeah. funny. Which I believe Becca also pointed
1: out. And yeah. uh, I think this moment in the film is kind of nice. Uh, I wish they had done the whole song. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of entire songs. Mm-hmm. He does, like, a verse and a chorus, if right. I remember right. Mm-hmm. But he's at the bar. Uh, Lady Gaga's character is taking her makeup off mm-hmm. and getting Taking ready. her eyebrows up. There's take a lot eyebrows of eyebrows talk yeah. in this
0: movie. There's a lot of attention paid to eyebrows, noses, and
1: socks. Yeah. And uh, one of the queens convinces Bradley Cooper to take her guitar and perform a song.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, She's so cute. She is, like, oh, very charming. Yeah. She The way she just, like, asks him to go for it. Yeah. And then she has him sign her
1: tits. Sign her like uh, her plates. prosthetic tits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, where is that? Maybe it's time. Do you see it?
0: Um.
1: Oh yeah, I think the Why dialogue. Why did you come back here? Your friend brought me back here. I'm There's back that here. voice. Can I buy you a drink?
0: Oh, I I I got a change and I I've got paint in my hair and. I wait for it. Um. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, if you want to wait, I'll come have a
2: drink with you. Sure. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die Maybe it's time to let the old ways die takes a lot to change, man Hell, it takes a lot to try maybe it's time to let the old ways die yeah
0: it's a good song like it's it's a compelling idea to start a song off with maybe it's time to let the old ways die which is like especially in this particular genre which is oftentimes so like backwards focused and like we need to preserve we need to like get back to our roots our authenticity we need to like you know what were they doing in the 30s we need to do that kind of shit like to start this song off with the line, maybe it's time to let the old ways die, is like mm. a really
1: powerful
0: like beginning.
1: And I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that Jason mm-hmm. Isbell, you know, like looked at the song at this at this movie and was like, "I'm going to write a song about the ways that we cling to tradition because we're afraid of death." Mm-hmm. You know, the next verse is, "Nobody knows what waits for the dead. Mm-hmm. Some folks just believe." in the things they've heard and the things they've read. Nobody knows what awaits for the dead. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody speaks to God these days. I'd like to think he's looking down and laughing at our ways.
0: And then verse four like blows everything wild up. When I, was a, when I was a child, they tried to fool me. So the worldly man was lost and that hell was real. Well, I've seen hell in Reno and this world's one big old Catherine wheel spin and steel. Like it, it breaks the form, it references a fucking Catherine wheel, which is a potentially apocryphal, like medieval torture device. Um, and yeah, and and like asserts that hell is <laughs> <Alice> in Reno, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jason Isabel is a good songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said uh, he was talking to BuzzFeed, he said, uh, Bradley Cooper wanted that song to be something. That was from my heart. And I think it relates to the character in the way that the song discusses how your salvation really comes from within. Somebody else can help you find yourself or you can help you uh, or can help give you the confidence to become the person that you've al- uh, that you've always should have been. But they can't really save you or redeem you. I
0: want to see Jason Isabel's like yeah. version of this movie. I want to see the one that he wrote and with the songs that he wrote. Like Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This is su- a such better take on all of this thematic concept than anything that was in yeah. this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. This movie, I think, it was like off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was there were weird vibes, but I was like, yeah. "This is interesting. Uh-huh. I want to see what happens." And this well, was like
0: it, it like the first quarter or third of it was so much more about Lady Gaga. Yeah, and then it just became less and less about her. Yeah and the movie got worse and
1: worse. Yep. Yeah. So I think this is the highlight of the movie. Mhm. Uh maybe it's next. Pinks. Well, l- let's listen to this parking lot scene. I think this is where they're like in this grocery store parking lot in the middle mm-hmm. of the night and you get to see a little bit of Lady Gaga's creative process. Mhm.
0: Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore?
1: Is
2: that me?
0: That's you. You
2: just write that now? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love it when um, you extemporize... A song where none of the words or melody changes at all from an absolute smash hit yeah. in the context of the movie. It's like they don't even change like any of the like ornamentations on the melody. Like it's it is literally exactly what the song ends up being,
1: uh-huh.
0: which is just like yeah,
1: yeah. We'll we'll get to this in a moment, but basically he brings her on whatever stage. happened to right
0: drunk it sober like. <laughs>
1: Uh, he brings her on stage, and it's like I made an arrangement, and then they like perform this song, mm-hmm. uh, including
0: a bunch of parts that they have not.
1: Yeah, the, no way, gone over before forced. with each other. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, well, okay, so they uh, they fly her in, oh, God. to the show, and then we got some time. Yeah, so, I, some songs I, as, here. As
0: Becca mentioned, they like they make an absolutely they go like out of their way to make a point that. Lady Gaga is leaving her purse behind in the limo in the care of Bradley Cooper's like entourage and like people. Which is like they could have left that detail out, but yeah. no. They like really go out of their way to be like, yeah. no, no. She is giving up all of her power and putting herself completely yeah. in the hands of this person and mm. his deranged like crew.
1: Which which could be powerful and meaningful or something to say if the movie had something to say about that, and as opposed to movie, just sort of endorsing that.
0: Yeah. And if the movie like recognized how big a step that is and like how horrifying that could be. Yeah. Like it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Barbarian, this movie that um, came out a year or two ago that um, caused like something of a stir um, for some like absolutely wild shit that happens in it. But the first like 20 to 30 minutes is a really weird vibe because I was watching it. I was like, this is the most written by a dude movie I've ever seen (laughs) because it involves like this female main character who shows up at this house that she's going to Airbnb. And there's somebody already there. Oh my God. And he's got like an Airbnb reservation too. And there's like this mix up and they eventually end up like being like, well, I guess we'll just like stay here together for these various reasons. But there's like all these like huge red flags that just pop up like one after another like bam 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 and then I read on Wikipedia later that like the screenwriter had read this like book about red flags that for women to like watch out for in relationships and he decided to just like put them all
1: in, in the movie which
0: is like an absolutely wild thing to do, but at least like the movie is aware that these right, are like, right, right. red flags <laughs> and like <laughs> huge deals for women yeah, and like yeah, yeah. the power disparity, and it's like very scary. Um, it feels like a star is born. It's just like, yeah. just like, oh, isn't this sweet that she's doing that? It's like, no, this is fucking scary.
1: Absolutely. And
0: the fact that the movie doesn't recognize that it's scary is um, unconscionable.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Lady Gaga's resistance doesn't feel, uh, basically, it feels like her resistance, her character's resistance is like, you know, sort of like a sh- uh, a performance.
0: It feels very, baby, it's called outside. Yeah,
1: don't make me sing, you know. Yeah. Like, she's upset, but it's like for her own good.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? It's Yeah, it's very like, I don't know. Like, she is not capable of, it, it's like... It's like she is limited and not able to choose something that she clearly wants, you know, in, in, in the world of the movie at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, upsetting to watch and it's upsetting to watch that the movie doesn't really, (laughs) the movie just sort of like tacitly endorses all of these dynamics Mm -hmm. and isn't like, this is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, okay. Here's another song. Oh, this is an instrumental. <laughs> this, is, this is mostly noodles. Noodles can be really It's not not this noodle. I mean, it's it's fun. Alright, so.
0: Sometimes even bad noodles are good.
1: <laughs> then then he he goes on to play the song called alibi which basically the idea of this song is um i know i'm bad at communicating but you should just believe everything that i say 100 percent of the time <laughs> because if i was lying to you it would be a really good
2: lie <laughs> oh, ain't nothing meant to last i ain't lying. don't ask too many questions you
0: don't want... yeah this kind of music like
1: boring
2: well especially that
0: like bass guitar and bass drum like hit just like sync like synchronized um i mean it's it's very like jack white and yeah. it's just like it makes no sense that he is like a megastar in the world of this movie. Um, I ain't lying. I don't lie without an alibi. It's, I think it's meant to kind of be this like cheeky, kind of like cute, like um, thing, but it doesn't really pull that off.
1: Yeah, it's not cute to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then she's on the side of the stage and then they have this Here interaction. Here Yeah.
2: There's a friend of mine who uh, came a long way to be here, and she wrote a great song. And I just like her it. singing, I think it's pretty fucking good. How are you? You made it. I'm good. Oh, it was good I, to see you. How are you? Everything so all right? Good. The trip is fine.
1: Yeah.
2: I did an arrangement, it was kind of not so great, but uh, maybe no, you can just stick that with that it. Yeah, it here we go.
0: Jeff,
2: like <laughs> don't fuck up. All you gotta do is trust me.
1: that's like a little cut down i think he says like i'm gonna play it either way
0: mm, mm-hmm.
1: oh the soundboard app is just quitting automatically that's cool. what's going on that's i thought good. i thought it was my fault um and then they go on to play this for a change and in the bad times i feel myself i'm of the deep. This song is really pretty, and it is absolute nonsense.
0: And Lady Gaga does a great performance. She Uh is so good in this song.
1: (laughs) She's really good, yeah.
0: Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world, or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? And then... The refrain, I'm fallen in all the good times I find myself long in for change, and in the bad times I fear myself. I do like the the throwing away rhyme scheme. Yeah.
1: Refrain. So some of those moments are good. And and yeah, like I like the prosaic, you know, verse that she yeah sings, Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? I
0: don't like that those lines very much.
1: Uh or do you need more Ain't It Hard Keeping it so hardcore. That's a good
0: line. Ain't it not hard I think that it so line hardcore. is good.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Trying to fill that void feels very, um, steady, like saying rather than t- like telling, sure, than, sure.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Showing. Yeah.
1: Uh, but this, this chorus is kind of confusing to me.
0: I'm off the deep end, which is like we know what that word, what right. that phrase means. That means you're crazy. Right. Off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground.
1: Huh. Uh, the ocean floor.
0: The ocean floor. Crash through the surface where they can't hurt us. The surface is where they can't hurt you. Yeah. We're far from the shallow now. Like none of that makes like any like doesn't hang together at all in yeah. any way. Like you're like totally incoherent imagery. Are you metaphor. looking for some sort of
1: like salvation in like like who's trying to hurt you? Is it good that you're in the deep end? They're off the deep end. Off oh. the deep end, yeah. And, and then the the as, like we're far from the shallow, but then they say in the shallow, yeah. And and the that's what the song is called, mm-hmm. shallow, as in like shallow water. But they're that they're not in. But they they say that they're in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. This is kind of a badly written song. Lyrically. It's a
0: bad and it's um. I mean, in the the universe of the movie, it is, like, extemporized, a lot of it. Like, it's made up on the spot. Or she's, like, kind of just singing something that she, like, a half sort of written fragment that she's been working on before, and, um, and then sort of, like, combines it with just singing to Bradley Cooper about how it's hard to keep it so hardcore, which, so that totally makes sense. But the fact that they don't develop it, they don't, like, edit it, they don't, change anything they just like go they go with it's a very like Ginsburg like first thought best thought like <laughs> approach to songwriting which predictably does not rate for a great song
1: um this is not how bodhisattvas write songs no um okay so <laughs> there's a song called music to my eyes hmm. which is just sort of like uh a joke mm-hmm it's kind of a no-shirt. Maybe we can at least Do listen it, to a sample. I want to play the part your heart. Sing you a song that so. you feel. I don't Love, let your music be mine. Sing while i home night. Let your melodies fly by
0: it was like over a montage or something it was yeah. not performed in the it was not diegetically performed
1: yeah i don't really this song feels kind of like a throwaway song i mean
0: it's very just like isn't it fun to talk about things in terms of synesthesia yeah like lady gaga's verse your voice is quite a view i heard a song and then i saw you
1: <laughs> i learned
0: the lyrics and knew your mind. dance the horizon with you
1: uh, maybe we should listen to the next, like, big song. Should- There's, like, a
0: pretty fun, like, hot line here.
1: Oh, brilliant. I want to sing
0: you a sunrise and be the dawn I know will move you. I'd like to be the strings on your guitar. Touch me and play what you feel.
1: Yeah, good.
0: That's kind of hot. Yeah. I'm into that.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was in the film. I don't think it
0: was at all, no.
1: Well, should we listen to Always Remember Us This Way? Yes. Uh, and...
0: I thought that this was going to be, like, the song that comes back in the finale of the right. movie and, like... Becomes the tearjerker, and it's like
1: instead, it's a worse song.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, listen, here's, uh, unique, here's what I I you this song, for that say, you This is dead. what I said. I always, you promised me you were gonna. Be I was, like, I had to so turn on subtitles
0: know. for this movie.
1: Always remember us this way.
0: Ready for is So lovely.
1: Yeah, they say this way, but I feel like they never explain what the way is. I mean, I think except it's for in the, the verses. Arizona sky, I, guess. I think
0: it's like I think it's kind of an implied colon. I'll always remember us this way: colon, lovers in the night, poets trying to write. We don't know how to rhyme, but damn, we try. But all I really know, you're where I want to go. The part of me that's you will never die. All right. Which is ironic, actually, that line.
1: Yeah, he does die. He dies. Yes. Yeah, he he kills himself. Um,
0: in a very um, sensitive and earned way yeah. in, the, in the movie it's like thank god they did that
1: I said when that happened this movie is, has a little bit of like the room yes vibes really like, like they'll miss me once I die that's the only thing. then they'll be sorry could, yeah <laughs> yes yeah which is uh, yeah it's a bummer hmm <laughs> um okay so then right after this song there's a pivotal moment in the film mm-hmm. where i believe the the like manager or record executive for jackson Maine uh confronts lady gaga's character mm-hmm. and i'm looking for it there it is well, there that is was unbelievable you.
2: thank you that was unbelievable what you did up there thank you
1: I don't know if you know anything about me, about where I've come from. I'm Rez Gabbro.
0: I know who you are.
1: <laughs> what you have right now goes way beyond just this. And the question to you is, what do you want?
2: I, I don't... I, 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 don't
1: <sighs> I gotta talk to Jack.
0: So, this is weird because it's unclear... Okay, first of all, the actor's name is... Rafi Gavron yeah he's playing a character named Rez Gavron yeah as far as I can tell the actor is not playing like a thinly fictionalized version of himself because he is an actor and not a music producer okay
1: okay I was wondering so it's
0: not like a, th- a thinly veiled like version of himself which would be weird anyway um but also like I think it's also unclear like why he's hanging around in that moment is he just kind of like at that show I don't know if it's established that he's like associated with jackson Maine in any way right and they don't seem to have much of a relationship or like they don't there's at least two moments in the movie where they are left alone the two of them and they just have like these awkward conversations about like socks (laughs) it's really weird it's like (laughs) these weird like comedy beats um so it's yeah it's like really it's kind of an odd moment and some weird dynamics and stuff
1: yeah uh Absolutely. Okay, so that's that's sort of like, that's the moment where she gets her own career that's sort of separate from him. There's mm-hmm. this weird scene where like she talks to him about it, and then he like pies her in the face. Oh God! Uh, that's so weird. It's sort of played off as like this is cool and fun, <laughs> and like, and she's like kind of trying to like downplay like and minimize like. Oh, you're so jealous, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but then it never really gets. Brought up again. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: it's kind of. He's very
0: clearly like being a spoiled little baby and acting bad, and that is never really resolved.
1: Well, so she plays SNL. Mm -hmm. With
0: uh,
1: Alec Baldwin. With Alec Baldwin. Who
0: makes a cameo.
1: Yeah. uh, And this is the song that she sings.
0: (laughs) Why do you look so good in those jeans? It's not not
1: like me why you keep on texting me like that here's the not, here. not like me why did you do that why did you do that why did you do that yeah so the actual content, content of the song, it's kind of funny. It it's kind of it feels like a song that a man would sing about a woman. Mhm. Like you are by existing
2: mm-hmm.
1: are like getting in my head mm-hmm. and it's your fault and you yes. must have done this on purpose.
0: You should wear why aren't you wearing more clothes? Yeah. You know. Why are you just like out here tempting all the boys?
1: Yeah. Which, I don't know, I think it's like maybe kind of funny to do a gender swap mm-hmm. about about that. Uh, this is really funny, this this
0: quote here from the co-writer of the song, Dan Warren, an actual woman involved in the writing of any of this movie. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Why did you come around me with an ass like that? That was my line. I go, is it okay if we say that? And then I didn't see the song in the movie until the premiere. And then that's the one that Bradley Cooper is basically saying she's a terrible artist for saying a line like that. I'm like, oh, cool. My line.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing. Yeah. Superstar. Uh,
1: Love it. It's very funny. Good
0: job, Diane.
1: Uh, here's that Here's that dialogue. And you know why? Because you're here too worried go. about what everybody here else here is thinking. Go. You can't here even concentrate go, on one fucking thing. Man, that's right. Drinking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't be my dad if you fucking tried. I don't he had wanna. more talent in his fucking finger than you had in your whole fucking body. So don't even fucking
2: go there about that, all right? That's over the fucking line.
0: Why don't you have another drink and we can just get fucking drunk until we fucking disappear, okay? Hey, do you got those pills in You're your pocket? You're just
1: fucking ugly, that's hey, all. You got th- I'm what? You're just fucking ugly. Get the fuck out!
2: Get out! I said get out!
1: That, yes. That's the scene that starts with him saying like, I, I just don't understand all that ass in them jeans. Yes, <laughs> it's
0: like what is there not to, like what is there not to understand, dude? Yeah, and I think it's kind of telling that the title for this track on the soundtrack album is Scene Ninety Eight. They don't even really have they they don't have like an, a line from the scene. they yeah. don't have like they really just go out of their way to like not editorialize anything about the scene even though he is clearly being a total asshole and abusive and Uh judgmental and awful yeah and i'm just like uh it's 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 scene 98 and yeah that's the number of it
1: okay so basically what happens next is uh he keeps like getting clean and then relapsing and then he she wins a grammy and he goes up on stage with her and he pisses his pants. Mm-hmm. And it's like really hard to watch. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he gets clean. And then the evil music producer basically says, like, you're going to like relapse again. Um, you should just like, you know, let this person go and be successful without you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so I'll kill myself. <laughs> and then he does that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is
0: cool and good.
1: Really, yeah. Which is really disturbing. And like the movie doesn't have any sort of confrontation with this, like you know, with this uh, producer, mm-hmm. with this record executive. Um, Yeah, he he's. It's, it's really it's disturbing. It's kind of this like
0: thing that movies do that really bothers me. That like makes me mad is when they're like they just kind of like throw in a character and they're like. They kind of just like hand wave it and they're like, well, you know this archetype, yeah. right? So you, you hate him. E- and evil. then let's go, go on. Yeah. You know, he's evil. He's a, he's a slimy yeah. music producer. And there's like, well, he doesn't, he's not established in the movie as being slimy. Yeah. He is not like, the only reason we have to dislike him is that the movie is like, well, he's this type, you know? Right. And so therefore we automatically hate him.
1: Yeah. And he's also the only person making any sense in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's yeah. a scene where, like, she does her, like, first, like, solo performance, and she doesn't, like, include her dancers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why didn't you include the dancers? And she's like, I think, just think it would be better if it was, like, just me. You know, it's, like, more me. It's like, what the fuck? You have professional, like, you have backup dancers. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. They're workers who are going to, like, make you look good.
0: Yes, their job is to make you like look good. Because people
1: like looking at dancing.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Uh, and then also he's the only one who, like... making dance music.
0: Yes, exactly. She's just making dance music at that point. And he's also the only one who's just, like, honest with Jackson Maine, Bradley Cooper's character, where it's just like, Right. Hey, she's she didn't tell you that, like, she canceled this tour to take care of you yeah. and your emotional needs when you're a complete fuck-up. He's just like, he just like lays it out there. He's like, she wouldn't, she's not going to tell you that. But like, this is how it is. He's like kind of the soul of the movie. (laughs) And we're supposed to hate him just because. Because he's
1: the only one who's admitting this is the music industry. Yeah. We're here to like make money and stuff. And Mm -hmm. that's like how this works. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we'd be doing this in a different way. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So
0: it really bothers me when maybe it's just like hand wave like that. I'm trying to remember like the accent.
1: You get it.
0: You get it. You hate this guy. Yeah. I think
1: what we should do is we should listen to Sam or uh, Sam Elliott give the uh, little music theory corner moment yes, of the movie. Yes,
0: I love this. And Let's then it. we
1: should listen to I'll Never Love Again. Okay. Yes. Which is one of the most upsetting songs. <laughs> In the film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here is that music theory corner. Any second now.
0: Any second.
1: Oh, boy. Here, here, he here co- it comes. Here it comes. Keep waiting. Jack talked about how music
0: is essentially 12 notes between any octave. Mumble, mumble, mumble. 12 notes and the octave repeats. It's the same story told over and over forever. All any artist can offer in the world is how they see those 12 notes. That's it. <laughs> he loved how you see them. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here tonight to honor my husband. These are two different things. He wrote a song for me. I'd like to sing it for him tonight, and with your help, maybe I can. Thank you. Yeah, so basically the subtext is, fuck microtones, fuck any non-Western yeah. system of, like, harmony or you know, notes or anything.
1: Yeah. I I'm pretty sure that that scene was like inspired by this Igor Stravinsky quote Mm. where uh, he said, I know that the 12 notes in each octave and the variety of rhythm offer me opportunities that all of human genius will never exhaust. And I think what he's saying is that within this context of Western music, there are infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Which is a legitimate thing to say. Right. Which yeah. is very different to say than, this is all that music is, is these music 12... Music is essentially 12 notes between yeah. any octave. Yeah, or if you're Bradley Cooper, one note per solo. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: get his ass.
1: Um, yeah, all that being said... I think Sam Elliott's performance is one of the best performances in this movie. He's
0: so good in this movie. Yeah, he's yeah, great. He's amazing. He's
1: a fucking star. All right, here's. He was born in this movie. Here's the song "I'll Never Love Again." Oh God,
2: fuck this.
1: Sung sung by a character who by who should just be relieved.
0: <laughs> so this is in the context of the movie. This song was written by Jackson Maine as like a love letter, love song oh, right. to to her. And then she ends up singing it about him yeah. at his like memorial concert, which makes it like <sighs> more fucked
1: up. Fine. It's very good. Don't odd, wanna that. feel another
0: touch. Don't wanna start another fight.
1: So I know this is like, yeah, that he's supposed to have written this song and it's like about him. But like, by having her sing it, I think there's this sort of like culture of expectation that men will remarry really quickly Mm -hmm. and that women, it is best. And they're kind of expected to mourn for longer,
0: yes, widows, yeah, and
1: to be widows, and maybe to never remarry, um,
0: or to never love again, or to never yeah.
1: love again. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that messaging is kind of fucked up, both kind ways. of fucked up, yeah. yes, because like the men, it's like, well, yeah, you should. Maybe give yourself time to grieve. Yeah, maybe you not know, just like try to you have, rebound. Yeah, have some other lady do all your emotional labor
0: before you find another bang maid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which is
0: which is a very useful term from "It's Always Sunny." <laughs> it really it's, encapsulates how a lot of men approach relationships. It's it's,
1: it's one <laughs> a man needs a maid. Yes,
0: exactly. It's a
1: it's, uh, it's one of those terms that you uh, you've used twice in the last two weeks, and you're like. I have to say where this is from. <laughs> just the- Wait, did I say
0: it on the last episode? I, I- thought I, I thought I mentioned it when we were watching the movie.
1: Oh, maybe you watched it in the movie, yeah. Or maybe you mentioned it, yeah. But-
0: yeah. But um, it's just, like, such, a, such an upsetting <laughs> term that I have to, like, kind of put it in context of, like, yeah, this is a show about just absolutely just, like, the most depraved people on the planet. <laughs> and, and the way their masculinity works oh is God. just, like, really revealing about... Um, mainstream cisgender heterosexual masculinity of just like viewing wives or partners or girlfriends mm. as bang maids, <laughs> it's like oh, it's like a maid you can bang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- this this sucks. Uh, having her sing it because I mm-hmm. feel like it's sort of reinforcing this idea that like the correct thing for women to do is to not to never love again.
0: And it's so extreme. Like it, like it, it starts from. The title is, I'll Never Love Again. And then the chorus, don't want to feel another touch. Like literally not going to touch another person, even platonically. Don't want to start another fire. Don't want to know another kiss. No other name falling off my lips. Don't even talk about anyone else. Don't want to give my heart away to another stranger or let another day begin. Won't even let the sunlight in. I'm going to just stay in the fucking dark. Yeah. This is like so upsetting and so extreme.
1: Yeah, I Jesus mean, Jesus Christ. Maybe if like this character was like less problematic. Maybe if know? he was like
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, because I I could see feeling this way about someone. You know, like this being a natural part of grief and but like, like
0: temporarily, like not. Yeah, yeah, don't say like yeah. you never, don't ever want to do any of this. It's an
1: understandable way to feel to just be like, yeah. oh yeah, I'll never, yeah, but like. She should not be feeling this way about this person. This mm-hmm. person has been basically nothing but a problem for her. And just like
0: straight up openly abusive in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah, is-
1: the way she ideally should feel is wow. Uh this just keeps getting messier and messier. I feel so conflicted. I feel mm-hmm. so complicated. Thank not- God he didn't
0: take me take me with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like her her attitude shouldn't be this reverent. Mm-hmm. The movie shouldn't have her attitude be this reverent without making some sort of commentary on how fucked it up, how fucked up it is that she's this reverent about exactly, this man. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which is like really hit. It's like the limits of um, what Lady Gaga is able to do in the context of this movie. Like she has a fantastic performance. She plays it really well. She sings amazingly. Her musical contributions are incredible, but, there's only so much you can do when the music or the movie is like written for you to like be reverent towards this awful person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really strange. Um, I feel weird about ending the Lady Gaga season on this note. Mm -hmm. Although it's not over. She's young. She's going to make more stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely. But yeah, this was a bummer. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I didn't, I did not like this movie.
0: No, it was very bad.
1: And I disliked uh, a a vast majority of the lyrical content Mm -hmm. of these songs. It's not good. And I wasn't that crazy about most of the music. I think the melody of Shallow's good.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It makes sense that it was Mm well-received on that level. Mm -hmm. Jason Isbell, good.
0: Mm -hmm. Remake
1: this movie with Jason Isbell Mm -hmm. as the hardened. Oh, my God.
0: I would like that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Old man.
0: And then rewrite most of it.
1: I want to watch these other *Stars Born* movies. Um, my impression is that those movies are are actually about like power dynamics and like mm-hmm. problematical men.
0: Mm-hmm. That would be a much better movie, like
1: on purpose. Yeah, that the, that the movie knows well, that that's what the movie is about.
0: Well, I mean, if they have women involved in the writing of them, that's yep. probably more likely. Yeah.
1: So we'll see.
0: But, yeah, this this movie feels very like. Oh, we're in a post-feminist world where, like, all the problems of misogyny and, like, power disparity have been resolved. So let's... What can we do from there? It's, like, very, like, end of history. Like, now what do we do? <sighs> type perspective, which is <laughs> such bullshit.
1: Yeah, this is the Prager you of... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Movies about women in the music industry. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, what a bummer. What a bummer. Is but Is bummer... Is that homophobic? Is that, have we talked about this on the oh, show? Oh, shit. Is that where that comes from?
0: I don't know.
1: Because I'm going to have, have to reclaim know. that Like when it's something I like. Mm, what a bummer.
0: Mm, what a <laughs> nice bummer that is. <laughs> loafer, idle person. Possibly an extension oh, like of the British word for backside. I
1: swear we've done bum. this exact thing on the show before. No, we definitely
0: haven't. More probably from German slang, bumler, loafer. Bumler. A- agent noun from bummeln. Go slowly, waste time. Whoa, the earliest uses are in representations of German immigrant dialect in the US. In the American Civil War, it was common in the sense, camp follower plundering straggler. Wow. How does it become like something that is sad?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I
0: don't know. The meaning bad experience is 1968 slang. Wow, Okay. So it's like older and has deeper roots and more recent still, too. Wow.
1: Wow, Wow. that's pretty usual. And
0: bum, as in loafing and begging, is perhaps a back formation from bummer, the noun, loafer. Huh. Yeah, wow. Huh, what do you know? Um, So probably not homophobic.
1: Let's make it homophobic. Let's make it homophobic. (laughs) Yes, we love homophobia on this show. We're
0: openly, openly embracing homophobia. We are pro-butt stuff on this show, just want to say that.
1: the fear makes it good
0: (laughs) oh god Jesus Christ what a thing to say the lube makes it good Cameron which yes
1: well it's time to time to be done
0: (laughs) (laughs) tell me something person are you tired trying to fill that void (laughs)
1: yes
0: Um, thanks for listening y'all we'll be back At some point presumably next week maybe later um with probably some palate cleansers but until that time you can contact us at email at boxset.website go on our website at boxset.website i chose that tld because it was very amusing to me because i have a very stupid and easily amused sense of humor um you can also go on our discord the link will be in the show notes um, if you want to support the show, you can do it in a number of different ways. You can raise us up so that we can stand on mountains um, by sharing the word about the show, telling your friends about it. Um, you can also give us money directly um, by going to our Patreon at website. Kick us a few bucks every month. Um, it's very low amount of money. It's just $2. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including a week a week mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. <laughs> Um this week we talked about Cameron talked about
1: The Bear Season Two. The Bear
0: Season Two. And I talked about a movie called Nimona, um, which is very good. So check that out. Support that at that website. And until that time, I've been Maddie Hunt and I am such a bummer.
1: <laughs> you know, I've been Cameron it, and I I don't I don't have the coochie strength.
0: <laughs> 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 hmm. Oh boy, we're, now we have to wait a long time <laughs> for the outro. <laughs> this really wrecks the sense of timing.
1: What Damn. is going on with my soundboard? On it's just yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just so considerate. It's, very, it's a very Bradley Cooper move, just kind of deciding that you would be better off without it in your life and just
2: getting rid of itself.
1: Oh my god. I'm doing it for you.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, um. Oh my god. Uh,